On November 11th, join us for Benzinga's 7th Annual FinTech Awards. It's going to be a day full of networking, deal-making, and recognition of incredible achievements that you won't want to miss. Let's get ready to rumble! What is up, y'all? Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Benzinga Power Hour. Uh, let me know in the chat what everyone is watching today. Of course, we've got DWAC. Everyone's been watching DWAC today, trading at right around 100 bucks. Um, let me get on a, on a shorter time frame chart there because we're not going to be able to see much from the daily. Um, there we go. We're on the 15-minute candles here. Got all the way up to 175 earlier, rejected there. Had a couple of halts on the way down, another halt on the way back up, um, right around 100 bucks. Um, I do got my man Shinobi Signals here. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on, see what he's watching today, what trades he's made this week. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Shinobi on. Shinobi, what's going on, man? Yo, what's up? Uh, real quick before we get going, uh, for maybe some of our audience that may not be familiar with you, you want to go ahead and give your kind of background in trading, what you, how you trade, what you've been trading recently? Yeah, so I'm mainly just a <clears throat> options trader, and I trade like uh, I trade the theme on small caps when it comes around. But mainly, I'm just an options trader. I trade everything. I trade small caps, mid caps, large caps, everything. Got it. Uh, so, what have you been watching this week? <clears throat> this week, I was mainly watching CNTX uh, since yesterday. I got it around um, five point like two, and then. Um, yeah, yesterday I had an insane run, dipped back this morning, uh, pre-market added more. Then today it almost went to like $8, which was wild. Oh, so but, this uh, stock just went public, huh? Yeah, so mainly a bunch of, um, there's been a lot of low flow IPOs that have been just running. So this was one of them. So I've been playing this one a lot. Uh, it's probably my favorite one as of right now. Um, and so have you traded, uh, speaking of low float IPOs, have you traded DUAC at all or not really? DUAC? No, dude, I missed it completely. I, um, I saw it go from 10 to 20, right? So I saw it go from 10 to 20 and then, um, I was on Fortnite and playing and then, uh, with some of my trading buddies and they were like, yo, DUAC's at 21. It just got halted up. I was like, yo, should we play this halt up? And we didn't. And the next thing you know, I look back like an hour later, it's at 50. I'm like, dang, this this went up so high. And then I check after hours, it's at like 69. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then this morning I look, it hit 175. And I was just like, what, what? it just how high can it go, you know? It was just crazy to me. But um, one stock that actually was could have been a better play than DWAC, actually a lot better, would have been uh, PHUN. So Stock Swing uh, or Stock Talk Weekly on Twitter. He told me about it at $1.10. And he's like, yo, just buy it and hold. And then I didn't buy it because I was in CNTX. I was just holding. Next thing you know, this thing goes up 2,000%. It literally hit 24. So it went from $1.10 overnight hits 24. And that was like the craziest play I've ever seen. And um, yeah. Yeah, we've had um, uh, CEO Randall Crowder on the show a couple times from Funware. They're actually going to be at our small cap conference next week. Um, so if you haven't, uh, you know, registered for the small cap conference yet, I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat. Uh, funware will be there. I'll pull up my Robinhood real quick. Cause I've traded, uh, funware a little bit, not on this run, but I'm kicking myself here. I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. Let me show y'all. Um, Chrome tab. 
Yeah, so here on Robinhood, if I go down to history, I I, I bought this originally at uh, one twenty seven a share. So if I would have held on to that, I would have been up nice. But I ended up selling it at two twenty two for about a hundred percent gain. Nothing crazy. I just threw some money out there because I like the I like Randall. I like their CEO. Oh wait, I, can't, I wasn't even sharing my screen. Um, so yeah, right here at one twenty seven, put an order out, bought it a couple times, and then sold at two twenty two. So if I would have held on to that from back in January or February, I would have been up nice today. Um, but yes, yeah, so going back to CNTX, do you, do you trade biotech stocks like that a lot? Or was it more just cause it was a, a recent IPO with a low float? Just recent IPO low float. That's why I played it. And that seems to be a theme that's picking up, uh, you know, today. And, uh, I mainly played it because, um, Zach Morris and, you know, before he played that's, which was a low float IPO. And then, um, I'm like, you know what, this could be the next, next one to go. And then, um, yeah, freaking sent. I'm still in. And then um, now I'm just looking at other like recent low flow IPOs. Um, I really just haven't been seeing anything too good, like worth watching, to be honest. Like every the volume is all in DWAC and uh, fun right now. And what CR- about this one, Portillo's? I have no idea what Portillo is. <laughs> but, so uh, Portillo's is a it's like a restaurant chain in Chicago, like a hot dog chain. But they just IPO, and I'm pretty sure it was a low float. So it opened at like. So, I don't know. It's up 28% today. It's been moving nicely. So, yeah, so that I mean, might be one the we... move. That's the move right there. I mean, if, if you would have just picked it up yesterday, seeing it was a low flow IPO, you would have been banking today. But I didn't even know an IPO, if I'm being honest. So, so how do you, where are you checking like on your radar to, to find these low float IPOs? Honestly, I went on Finviz, but the thing is, Finviz takes a while to like actually put them up there. So, I use, um, trade ideas and then i just asked around so i was asking people about like any like i was going into different discord chats like sapphire and atlas and just typing in low flow ipo and like different ways and just seeing what tickers people were mentioning and then that's how i pretty much found it got it yeah i just used it as a scanner pretty much uh sorry i was about to sneeze um so so you're still playing fortnite yeah <laughs> you play like warzone or anything else or you just stick to fortnite? i used to I, I just play fortnite because um i just I, I don't know why me and all my friends still play fortnite i gotta get back on there i haven't played in a while but i gotta get back into it yeah it's fun. Uh, speaking of fortnite let's check 10 cent how 10 cents doing all these chinese names are finally getting some uh you know volume back into them after getting crushed for a couple months yeah Ooh, 10 cent doesn't look good here though chart looks kind of ugly yeah, dude. All the charts right now, just nothing's really setting up too well. Everything's just all over the place, which is yeah. fine. But it's it just comes down to just finding the right one. You know, there's always going to be one chart or one you know sector that's hot, and you just got to go there before everyone else. And so, do that, you have any options like open going into next week, or are you kind of closing all your positions right now? I had pins calls going into today. And um, they were up 30% yesterday. And then this morning I was down horrendous because Snap missed earnings and then took Pinterest down with it. And then I sold out open. I took a pretty fat loss. But uh, I'm really not looking to swing any options over the weekend. Maybe like shares, like CNTX, stuff like that. If they get a nice dip, I'll add more. But um, I'm not really too keen holding options over this weekend, especially after what we just saw happen to DWAC and um, uh, fun. It's like, 
options might not be the move right now. If small caps are going to run, then there's better returns there. I'd rather be there. And um, yeah. What are, do you trade any? Uh, like, are you mainly just buying like normal calls and normal puts, or do you do any like spreads or anything crazy like that? Uh, no, I just buy calls and puts. I don't really like doing spreads too much. I never really got into it. Like a lot of people I know, uh, you know, they, they're really good at spreads and stuff like that. I just never got into it. And I really am not the best at them. So I just tend to stay away. I just stick to what I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching Tesla today, hit all time highs earlier today, got all the way up to about 908. Um, I believe trading a little lower off those highs down to 902 right now, but we always got to keep our eye on Tesla, right? Yeah. Tesla just hit all-time highs, right? Yeah, earlier today it got up to uh, – I think it's still at like pretty much all-time highs, but earlier today it got all the way up to like 908, 909, and then now it's trading lower a little bit down to 902. But, um, I mean, if you go back out on the daily chart, it's just been so strong since uh, back in May when it hit like 550. It's just ripped up fucking 350 bucks in the last three months, four months. Yeah, dude, it's been it's been crazy. I didn't expect Tesla like the other day, like today, someone hits me up and they're like, "Yo, Tesla just um, Tesla just hit all time highs," and I'm like, "Already? Like it was just at like seven hundred not too long ago." I know a lot of people are calling it for it to hit. I see in the chat too. A lot of people are calling uh, for it to hit a thousand dollars by the end of the year. Definitely think that's uh, you know, in the in the play uh, potentially. So we we will see. Yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. Um. All right. What else? What else should we check out today, Shinobi? Uh, honestly, my main watch right now was BCYP coming into the interview, and then um, I I like it here at these levels. It's running really nice. I know Ripster was looking at it as well. So this is a SPAC. Do we know the company they're merging with? No, I just saw Ripster looked at it. I'm like, let me look at it. But it could be the next, you know, SPAC to run. That's the thing. Like, I'm just playing the themes here. I'm not really playing, like, the company or anything like that. It's just, like, if the theme's there, like, the entire, like, sector will run with it. So that's pretty much what's happening with these, you know, low-float IPOs, these SPACs, like DWAC and shit like that. Yeah, um, but so so I mean, at Ripster, like we've, we have we have Ripster on before, and you know I know he's a big like technical guy. He's got his EMA clouds, but how is he charting this? If it's a you know SPACs don't really typically move a lot off the, um, you know they usually just hang out right around ten bucks before at least the the mergers announced. Yeah, he's just saying. He just said it's on scans. Like he's seeing some bids flash on it, maybe SPAC runner for the day, and he's watching it close. And that's what I I'm not in it yet. I'm just watching it closely. But um with him, but before coming into the interview, I had a bull flag on the five minute. And now we just saw big volume candle um on that red candle, and then we just see it reverse right back. So we're seeing buying pressure, obviously. It's just depending on if that SPAC merger theme stays. And um, which it looks like it will, like BWAC is curling here as well. Like it drop from 175 all the way down to 69 and then bounce right back to 107 so it's like it's it's all just dependent on the sector and the theme right yeah. now 100 i think you know with, with uh from dwac and stuff we might start seeing some more volume come into these specs as they announce because they've, they've been out of favor for a while now um checking in the chat johnny b saying what about agc another spec let's check that out um the thing with AGC is it has like no volume right now. There's no buying pressure showing up on it. 
So it's like it depends. Like you know, you go to where the volume is. If the volume is somewhere else, then you go there. And that's just what I've been doing personally. Got it. Got it. Um. So earlier I was asking you about Snap because obviously Snapchat opened up like down twenty five percent today after the. Uh, company's earnings yesterday essentially the company said that they were getting hurt by apple's new privacy things making like advertising harder and a bunch of other social media sites like you mentioned pinterest facebook uh we're all trading lower off the news um you know it's always risky trying to catch a falling knife so i don't know if if we're gonna be if we're gonna see a bounce on this on monday i did kind of put some yolo calls out there at like a 60 dollars strike price strike price just in case snap opens up 10 percent or something on monday but i think it's just as likely we see it trade even lower maybe get down to this 50 dollars flat level and then right there if we do end up dropping down to 50 dollars, i love it right there i'm gonna buy some snap there for sure yeah i want to see it come down to 53 like i was saying prior uh it has to fill this bpa gap it has right now and if it comes down to like 52.5 53 area um that's gonna be like my ultimate like yo buy the fuck out of this and just hold and um you know, because right now that drop is super dramatic. It dropped what twenty five percent? Like it went from seventy seven all the way down. Yeah, and it's the crazy, crazy. Part is, it, it consolidated at those levels too. So I thought these earnings would send it. Yeah, I but, mean, I you typically don't even off like bad news or bad earnings. You typically don't see a, a stock that big, a company that big trade off twenty five percent. You know. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Especially a large cap like this, like you never ever see something this big, like like Snapchat. Everyone knows what Snap is. You never see it drop this horrendously. Like you always see big gap ups, but that drop was just insane. So I don't, I don't know how to play it to be honest. But I'm just gonna go based off the technicals and hope they don't drop any more bad news. So fifty two point five, fifty three uh, zone is where I'm gonna be looking to add and scaling in. Yeah, um, people in the chat are asking, did, did you stay up all night last night playing Fortnite? Yeah, I was up all night. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I was um, I was too busy looking at um other low flow IPOs stuff like that. I was watching. I was just excited for today because I knew today was gonna be a good day. It was hilarious. I know, or it wasn't hilarious. It was tiring. I was up until like 4 a.m. I watched CNTX open, and then I'm like, okay, and then I fell back asleep. Yeah. Um. Dude, I mean, this market was just so crazy the past two days with DWAC and everything running. I feel like it it, it brings that kind of similar vibe as when we, you know, had GameStop and AMC and stuff running. Just some, like, crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, man. When it, um... Oh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan in the chat saying he had snap puts. How I bet those paid out nicely. Yeah, that's insane. I, I straddled, um... CMG uh Chipotle that was terrible it didn't go my way at all like this morning none of nothing like it did not work at all so yeah, wait straddle so you were expecting it to stay in a range and it did not stay in that range oh what did I say straddle I meant strangle no I I honestly don't know the difference like I know one is that you're you're betting that I it'll bought, stay in the range I bet I bet um I bought 2100 calls and 1650 calls or 1650 puts and so I was expecting a big move to either direction. And then this was apparently the first earnings where they didn't make a significant move to one direction, like a $200 move like they did last time. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't go well. I only risked like what, 500 bucks on it. So I wasn't too like mad about it, but it was, uh, but 
it, it was it was worth the gamble in my opinion because if it really did go that two hundred dollars, I would have made like what a thousand percent on that five hundred dollars. So, but dude, snap puts would have paid so well if I just took those. I was looking at it and I was like, dude, I want to play these snap puts or snap calls and puts. I was gonna play both, and I I missed out big time. I was so mad I didn't. I took Chipotle over snap, so I was pretty yeah, mad about I that. Mean- Snap puts. I'm jealous of Ryan in the chat too. Those would have paid out very nicely. Um, let's see. Christopher is saying he loves gold. Like you're gonna go buy what? What's a gold stock? I don't. I. I. I'm not buying any gold. That's not really me. I'd rather trade options. <laughs> I remember uh, one time I traded options on GLD, and I got IV fucked. And then I was like, dang. Like I got completely burned on the IV. This was last year when uh, everything was dropping and I, my contracts went in the money and I was down 50%. And it was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes these option YOLOs, like I'll just, I'll just place them and then I'll like try to forget about them, but they'll, you gotta, you gotta be watching them if you're like YOLOing options all the time. Cause you can get IV crush, like you mentioned or, or whatever it is. Yeah, dude, it all just comes down to like, just knowing beforehand all the possibilities and that's that's pretty much like what you have to know is like yo this option can go well but i need the stock to make this type of move and you have to be able to figure out like yo why is um why is this stock going to make this move and then you just go from there so something like uh a firm like if you look at a firm that thing ran today so firm a firm's just been that a firm is one of those that if you learn it's like tendencies and learn how to trade and you just trade options like both ways on it, you can make so much money because when it does have a down day or like since like the Amazon deal and stuff was a down, the, the down days are like four or five percent. You know, they're not like little days. So if you're like swinging both sides, buying puts, buying calls, um, it, it, it can work out nicely for you. Yeah, it's 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 a really nice mover too so it moves like the options move with the stock it's not like the the stock is going to move like a whole 50 60 cents and the options are going to stay the same like apple but um you know this this one moves the options move very very well uh with the firm it does look like let's see i'm going to pull up snap on on a short time frame because it does look like maybe we do have a, a, a some buyers coming in not really I mean, you, we have this little bounce right here, but then some more red candles on the five-minute chart. Let's go to the one-minute. Yeah, I, I would just like to see Snap get some volume before the end of the day, but I think a lot of people are scared that, hey, look, this could move lower again on Monday, you know? Yeah, but if it runs on Monday, they'll be like, oh, dang, why didn't I buy? And they're going to complain about it. I know, exactly. Like, shoot, it was down 25%. Like, that was so e- – I like it. Honestly, I like Snap more of, like, a long-term play. Um, I know, I think you're a couple years younger than me, Shinobi, but I know I like, I meet these kids that are like, you know, 18, 19, 20. And like, they don't even want your number. They're like, Oh, let me get your Snapchat. Like people just like text on yeah. Snapchat instead of texting and stuff. And it's like, yeah. I, I think a lot of my Snapchat, like I thought it was, I hated Snapchat so much. It's just a dick flexing contest on there. Like I never went through someone's story and was like, you know what? I, I actually like this. I, it's honestly just like such a pointless app in my opinion. Like you gain nothing from it. Yeah, I think if you really I feel, wanted privacy, I'm sorry for cutting you off. If you really wanted privacy, you would move to Dats Chat. Yeah, Dats Chat is nice, but there's the, the my problem with Dats Chat is there's a lot of these kind of like private. You know, you have Signal, you have Telegram, you have all these kind of um, chat apps that are like trying to do the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that way generally about a lot of social media. I think like in the next 10 years or so, we'll, we'll start to kind of see like a movement away from social media. But I do like that Snap seems to have, um, you know, that demographic, like it, you know, has a stronghold of that 16 to 20, you know, that like really young age. I think that's what a lot of advertisers and investors you know, really care about. It's like, would you rather invest in Facebook, which is all old people using it or invest in Snapchat, which is a bunch of kids using it. Yeah. And plus you just know, like when you have kids in a specific, um, in a specific, or you have that teen, uh, demographic that it's always going to be there. Like it's always going to rotate in and out because there's always going to be new, um, new people, new teens coming in checking out Snapchat, stuff like that. Especially like 13 to 14 year olds, in my opinion, use it a lot more than older people now. So I'm starting to see that like people my age, like streaks and stuff like that, they stopped using it. So, yeah, I mean, I, it gets old after a while, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it's like anything, but I, I yeah, who knows? Like I, I say now that I like it for long term, but I guess in like three years or so, maybe no one's using Snapchat anymore. Who fucking yeah. knows? But the guy... Mm. Uh, I, I like the guy who who runs Evan Spiegel. He's he's smart. He's he's like uh, I, I like a lot of these founder led companies. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's go from Snapchat. Um. Let me let's, let's take a ticker out of the chat. See if anyone else is watching anything besides DWAC. Well, I guess let's check back in on DWAC. It's been a minute. Um. Wow. We we did break that hundred dollar level. Yeah. Uh, up above a hundred dollars now. We'll see if we can get some some more. It looks like the the next resistance will be like one twenty. So we'll see if we can get some more buy in to bring us to one twenty here. Um, any other tickers in the chat that people are watching right now? Let me know. Crypto maniac saying Snap is cool. Uh, Shelly saying only Snap filters make me look cute. Oh, Christopher's watching financials. So let's check out like American Express. What is? I always forget American AXP. Did you see that oh, wow. aggressive drop on um, Spy today? Yeah, I did. Spy took like a dump out of nowhere today in the middle of the day. It yeah. was, or, you know, kind of like right before we hit noon. It was right here at 11 a.m. Eastern. We were at 4.53. and or Earlier in the day, we were at intraday, new intraday all-time highs up here at, at uh, around 4.55. And now we're all the way down. You know, it dropped about like three or four bucks. So. Uh, I saw a lot of stocks kind of get dragged down with this, but mm-hmm. it looks like we did have some buyers coming in at this 450 level. Yeah. And um, also, I use pitchforks on the daily. It bounced right off uh, one of my pitchfork levels, which was really nice. And um, it rejected the top of my pitchforks, too. So it's just playing between levels right now. Like, they're, like market makers are just toying with us at this point. So the only thing like you can really play like I didn't I haven't traded options all week except for like some swings. I've just been enjoying the small cap market a lot more. So much more easier just to size in and just hold and get better gains. But, you know, obviously that's all dependent on if the market's running. Like if the small caps are running, then, you know, they'll pay by themselves. So that's pretty much what I've been focused on, to be honest, man. Like spy, I used to trade it every day. Like last week, I was trading it every day. Like right now, it's just, it's just not what I like. Speaking of, when we first came on here, started talking about CNT, uh, CNTX, it was at six point seven. Now it's at seven point one six. Damn, so that's moving nicely for you, huh? Yeah. So Are right, you you're still in the trade? Yeah, I'm. I'm holding for like ten dollars. I think it goes pretty fucking far. 
and I Zach's on it. And so it's like, how are you? How can you lose? Especially with the I got the I got a fill before Zach tweeted it, which was crazy. So really, yeah. So I got this is like the best thing ever. I'm sure you felt good there. I see uh, someone in the chat asking about Fubo. I it looks like so on the daily chart. It looks like Fubo has been kind of trading in this range for a while, from about uh, 22 uh, up here around like 35. Like it's just been kind of like bouncing around here. Uh, so I think this level will be pretty important. Like, are we going to see buyers come in? Or are we going to see it drop all the way back down to this previous support level? Um, I actually, I, I was trading Fubo a lot. I'm on the sidelines right now. I just want to see a little bit more direction in the chart. You know, I want to see either a strong downtrend or a strong uptrend before I feel good about trading Fubo either way. Yeah, dude. And speaking of CNTX, it's still running. It's up 8% from when we talked about, but uh, Fubo, I think it's going to pull back to 27.30 before it sees a bounce. And if it breaks 27.30, we'll see 25 and then 23. And if it comes down to like 23, we're going to see it bounce because that's the golden fibs level on um, Fubo. So we'll probably see it pull back a solid amount, if I'm being honest, at least down to 24.92, so like 25, to create like an inverse head and shoulders or something because right now it's just consolidating. It hasn't broke out in either direction yet. Yeah, and if it does get down to that $23, I love it there. I'll buy some shares at 23 but right now it just looks um, a little toppy to me. Like we, you know, like you said, I mean, we could either bounce from the 24 level or, or get down to that 23 level. But either, either way, it's just not – I like to see strong trends, either a strong uptrend or a strong downtrend. Like you said, Fubo's consolidating here, but um, – yeah, I mean, this is definitely one to keep on your watch list. I like I, I, what I do like about Fubo is it, it it tends to move, you know, that the like it's down five percent today. Like the moves are usually like more than one, two, three percent. So if you're trading options on it, you can make some good coin if you have a good understanding of like how it moves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of, you said coin, right? Yeah, well, I was just talking about money, but yeah, coin. Yeah. You want to check out Coinbase? Dude, Coinbase has been insane. Like their options move so well too. Like it ran from like 225 all the way to like 300, and now it's like pulling back. And it's like these, it's, it's I like I like seeing movers like this. You know, it's heavily it's volatile. Like obviously it was if it, it was in a range prior, but you know in that range it was still making significant moves to where you could have easily made money either way. So you would see it break down, break up, all this type of good stuff. And yeah, I mean, make a lot of money off of it. It was pretty great. You're primarily an options trader, so you like to see stocks like this that, uh, you know, you if you get the move in the right way, the options pay off well. Um, but all right, man, we are coming at time. We got our next guest here. So, Shinobi, thanks for hopping on with this Friday, with, with us this Friday. It's been a crazy day in the markets between DWAC, Funware. Um, we'll check back in on CNTX real quick before you go. Uh, and, yeah, you know, we'll have to get you on soon to check in on some of these plays. Yeah, man. Sorry about being sleepy. <laughs> oh, you're good, bro. I know how it is. All right, take it easy, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, y'all. Coming up, we've got Tim Quas from Market Structure Edge. We're going to be talking some market sentiment. Um, if you have any tickers that you want to check out on Market Structure Edge, drop them in the chat, and we'll get to them without further ado. Let's go ahead and bring Tim on the show. <laughs> Tim, how are we doing today? AB, good to see you. Well, thank you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well. Thank um, you. so what have we been watching, Tim? 
Well, the so I will start someplace somewhat differently than what the folks who are looking at technicals will. Uh, I like to think about the context. What is what is going on in the broad market from uh, an event perspective, uh, a supply demand perspective? I think about those things. So, first thing is we're just we, we we came out of October options expirations, and it ties into some of these things that we're seeing happening where. Uh, this got nothing to do with DWAC. We'll talk about that in a bit. But it does have to do with why on Wednesday, tech stocks were down. Then yesterday, they rallied strongly. And then they're down again today. These are not random events. Uh, and and the, I'll, I'll go back to uh, uh, my, my uh, favorite Sun Tzu quote, which I have mentioned on Benzinga before. So he's the author of the an old ancient book called The Art of War. And he says uh, that tactics without strategy are the noise before defeat. And how that applies to trading is if you don't understand what is occurring around you and why stocks do what they do, well, then you're destined for the noise of defeat. And none of us want that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to be defeated in the market. And look, it happens to all of us. Uh, you know, I've got, I own Moderna and you know, don't, don't, do, I, my little voice said I should, probably should have sold it yesterday because supply was rising. Uh, so it happens to all of us. Uh, but, uh, and I, I also sold Shop and Asana yesterday and there's a reason for those things. So the context here is this, on Wednesday, volatility derivatives expired. We think of that as VIX expirations, but it's not the only thing. So if blue chips are up when VIX options expire and tech stocks are down, we can infer something. It's not perfect, but it's a good thing to keep in mind. And by the way, traders, that calendar, we, we put it in the go to marketstructureedge.com and you can click on how it works at the top and it'll take you to some information about Market Structure Edge. Look at the FAQs. In the first FAQ, we put a calendar of options expiration. So you can keep track of these things. Uh, so uh, when VIX options expire and blue chips go up and tech stocks go down, it tells us something. And it means perhaps the opposite of what you might suppose. So those that have been using volatility hedges by, by owning large caps will settle those. And so then that, though, so large caps tend to go up for a day. And if you, if you believe that the risk of volatility has reduced and you can take more chances, then tech stocks will go down because let's just use an example. Suppose that Goldman Sachs is on the other side of a volatility hedge that has been in place in tech because tech has been more challenged from September to October. And so then Goldman Sachs says, well, the customers don't need this anymore and they get rid of it. So then tech stocks go down, but it means the opposite. It means people aren't hedged as much in tech. So then there's a very high probability that tech goes up the next day. And what happened? Very strong rallies in tech. Well, the prudent foresee that <laughs> and say, this is a good chance, particularly if something is topped like Shopify and Asana, and I'll show you from a supply demand perspective what I mean. You were talking about a number of stocks here too. That uh, Fubo, it's a 10 out of 10. And uh, if so, if something hits the ceiling and then supply begins to rise, the price will deteriorate. And you can see it. You don't have to be confused about what's going on. So can we can we get a screen pulled up real quick, Tim? Yeah, for market structure. I want to yeah. I want to check out Fubo because I, I you know you heard me talking about it. it's one of my. I'm not going to say one of my favorite stocks to trade, but yep. I, I like to trade it. I like the 
I have a long-term bull case on it, but with every with every day, that my my thesis is I feel like running more and more dry. <laughs> well, you had a very good thesis. It's just that when supply demand begin to equalize, supply and demand begin to equalize, there will be trouble. So, let me hide this, and I'm just going to go to the dashboard. This is MarketStructureEdge.com. If you want to follow along, by the way, if you just want to do this for fun, uh, and you you don't use it. Just put in, go click request a free trial and you can put in your name and email. You don't have any obligation to do anything else and you can follow along with me here. So if you were following along, I've got Fubo in this October 22nd portfolio. But if you were just following along, you could just type it in here. So um, if you just type FQBO and then we're going to look at what we want to do is look at the supply demand balance. This isn't a technical chart. We're not looking at patterns. We're looking at two simple things. The, a supply uh, uh, side of the coin and the supply chain of the market, just like there is, you know, there's a supply chain problem globally. Well, goods move from point A to point B, and there are a series of things that happen. And when there are glitches in those in the supply chain, it will manifest ahead. What we're experiencing in the global supply chain is a result of what happened a year ago, not something now. Well, the stock market has a much faster moving supply chain because it's an electronic market. Over 95% of trades occur on algorithms. It, uh, trades have to be automated to move to the best price. That's the law. And so we measure short volume because it's the supply chain. That's what fills orders. And we'll tie into DWAC if we have a chance. So here is the last 30 days for Fubo. Here's the supply side. The supply side has been trending down. Well, that will lift price. If, they're, if we're running out of supply of Fubo at the same time that on the demand side, which is this line right here, so this is the price. We just smooth it. We don't take into account all the volatility because that doesn't matter. Over 85% of trades are derivations of midpoint. Don't be fooled by all the intraday volatility. That's not where stuff is going. That's high frequency traders gaming the less sophisticated. That's what happens. Beware of midpoints. So the price is rising. Then this is the demand side. I'll explain that, but let's just finish our thought on the, the supply side. So short volume was trending down. In fact, we had a big DNA. We ran out of supply. There was nothing left in the warehouse. So what did price do? Shot up and until it hit the ceiling. Now look at the, the supply chain. The supply chain is catching up. Demand is at the ceiling. Uh, really can't go any higher. If that deteriorates, so will price. This tell you, prudent folks, take gains, not chances. If you see that demand has topped and supply is rising, you will know that ahead price is going to deteriorate. And you can wait until it deteriorates and bottoms and the supply chain over it becomes excessive and then the supply chain normalizes and demand gets to return. Come back. Then come back and trade Fubo. Don't be fooled by all those prices out there that are just capricious. So that's what's happening, AB. What's happening is that the supply-demand equation is changing. And it's also, I here's an interesting thing to think about. Think about that we bake all this into this uh, demand side, which we call market structure sentiment. It's an algorithm. What it does is it says there are four different purposes that people and machines buy and sell stuff. They're not the same. They don't have the same purposes or time horizons. Uh, but they all have an effect on price, and we percentage weight them. So, for instance, if high frequency traders are 55% of the volume in FUBA, but they only want to own it for less than a day, that is a different effect 
than 20% of it being owned by indexes, ETFs, and quants who want to be in it for a quarter before they rebalance. That's different stuff. Well, you don't have to think about that. We did that thinking for you. It's baked into this. But let's get what behavior has been leading FUBO. So I want to just call the portfolios FUBO. Let's go down and look at FUBO, which is right here. See this? 10 out of 10. That's top. It's 42% short. The 30-day trend is down, but we know it's ticking up now. And the lead behavior is passive money. So passive money has been a good buyer of FUBO. That's money reweighting coming out of options expirations back into tech. But once that's done, then that excess demand stops and then the price will drop. That's how to think about it. But we can see, look at, it, look at this. Every single one of these tens was led by passive money. Tesla, Fubo, Baba, money came back to Chinese stocks. There's why. Asset allocation model said, oh, let's put money back into the Chinese stocks. So up they go. Well, if you know that, you can take advantage of it and surf the wave and leave before the wave subsides. Coinbase, same thing. 10 out of 10, top 48% short, trend up. Passive money was a leader. Well, passive money does that. Passive money will rebalance into options expirations and reweight on the other side. And the next key benchmark for all of this money is month end. But I already know it's ending. It's already ending. So we all have to be aware of that. If passive money has done its thing and it's the great whale of the stock market today, that's BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and they do constantly reshuffle things. If, pe if people who have financial managers uh, with managed accounts, I do. You know, if we see interest rates rising and uh, tech, uh, the tech falling, we're going to reweight. That's what happens. And so fortunately, we can see all of that happening and we don't have to wonder what in the world's going on. But that's a way to think about supply and demand and the context, options expirations, uh, how to follow the wave, how to avoid being run over by it. You don't want that to happen to you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a, fat, a lot of traders um, don't get to get into this side of things, into the supply and demand side. And as you said, I mean, the supply and demand is ultimately what moves the uh, price of the stocks. I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, you equated it to supply chain issue that we have going on globally right now. It's the same thing with the stock. Um, so I'm curious, can, do, you, do we have Funware, uh, PHUN on, on Market Structure Edge? How long has it been public? A while. Okay, well, then we should. If it's national market system. If it's not, okay, that doesn't, oh, it is in the tech sector. Okay, so we do. Uh, so let me check here. We should be able to find that. There it is. All right, so uh, the, the limitations for us, by the way, will be it's like Pinduoduo, you know, huge company, but it trades on the over-the-counter market, different rules, different data. We can't apply our math to the same degree. Baba, Alibaba trades in the national market system, which is comprised of roughly, believe it or not, about 3,500 stocks. You think there are 10,000 of them. No, there are multiple classes of stocks. There are 2,200 ETFs. There are about 450 closed-end funds, and all of that compress the market, but there are really only 3,500 public companies if you in the national market system. So here's, here's it's been great, right? If demand is above five, stocks tend to rise, even if the supply side uh, is, is, is uh, above trend. So what we, we, we can see here is that the reason we had this very nice spike is there's a big surge in demand ahead of the move in the price right? 
you will see that. Surge in demand, decline in supply. What's the stock going to do? Shoot up. But the, as soon as those things equalize, you are out as a trader. Don't look back. Just take the money. Take gains, not chances, right? And that's why you could see it right there, just plain as day. Here, it didn't do very well because this, the demand was below five. It's just that we just normalize supply and demand to a 10-point scale because we can all follow that very easily. You know, five is the, is the fulcrum. And if the more time stocks spend below five, the worse they do. I'll sh I can show you Caterpillar uh, and, and what has changed here recently. The more time they spend above five, the better they do. Uh, Asana has spent a tremendous amount of time at 10. Well, does really well. <laughs> so and you could see all that stuff. Uh, so what we worry about with, with Funware is that look at this tr trend. Short volume is working its toward once again, 50%, it's like the split. If half the volume is owned and half of it is borrowed or created, now it gets harder for things to rise. And if it's 60%, 65%, well, that's trouble. You know, those are, the, those are things that you wanna be aware of as a trader. Uh, I'm very careful about buying, the, even if something is just zooming, if it's 65% short, I know I've got a very short-term window. Maybe I can trade it for one or two days. Uh, because that supply, that excess supply, if any demand falters, uh, it's very much like driving up a hill in your car and you've got the throttle smashed to the carpet and you're going up the hill and then you take your foot off the gas. Well, what's the car do? It stops going up the hill. Well, it's the very same principle. If, if the throttle, if the foot comes off the gas, this supply side is going to suck funware right down. So you have to be ready for that. Yeah, um, let's see. I got someone in the chat asking about PayPal. Can we check out PayPal real quick? And, and what I was curious looking at in Funware is there were there are there if there were any indicators like before this crazy move we had saying, yeah. oh look, like supply was, um, you know, slowly dropping while demand was increasing, and it gets to a point yep. where all of a sudden the stock just skyrockets. Yeah. That well, okay. Great, great question. So before we leave this screen, one of the beautiful things here that uh, that that uh, that funware demonstrates is that the last high was a 10 too, right? So if it was a 10 before, it's very likely to become a 10 again. If the preceding high, let's say the preceding high only got to an eight. Well, now you know there isn't the same under the five rises above uh, five, but before it only eight, I'm very wary of those. This is a beautiful setup here. So we would know, we could look at this and say, and by the way, we can back test it as well. We can always back test the data to say, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future outcomes, but it's a nice way to think about it. So I would go here and profile this. It's a back testing engine that's simply going to show us what happened uh, if, the, if, if we look at this data over the trailing 90 days, rose above five, change those parameters. I'm just going to look at that, but look at how beautiful that is, right? So if we, we look at how often that has been true. First, we made 58% in 50 days, 1% a day. <laughs> it trade in funware, that it, that's cumulative. That's cumulative if we bought it every time it rose above five. And now I like to go look at the trading periods. What this is telling us is that we would have had seven different trades for that. See that uh, trading period seven? And, and the average holding period would be seven days. So we made 23%, lost a percent, lost 26%. That's not great. We can look at what happened in there and see whether we would have done that. And, and don't buy at options expirations. It, it, you don't want to do that. 16% lost a little bit, made money, made a huge return. So if you do this mathematically, you would say there was about a 60% chance 
of having a very good return here. That's some risk. It's a 40% downside risk, but it's a pretty good bet. Um, so that's that. That's what I think about. I want to stack the probabilities in my favor. Can I do something a little better even? Maybe. I mean, if I look at the data, probably the best thing is if you could have bought it at one. I don't know. We'll just look at the data. Um, so that would have given us, It would have, we would have avoided the, eh, that's not the best outcome. So maybe we buy the uptick. And that's what I'll do. I'll look at those three things. That's simple. So there, 40, it still tells us five, five is the best way to think about uh, fun. And that, all we're doing is saying, okay, when demand rises above five, we now know there's excess demand and we want to capture that and then sell by the time it returns. I rarely wait that long, by the way. I'm, I may be out at a 10. You know, I just don't, I don't want to wait seven days in most cases just because it's not worth doing. Okay. Right. So what was it we were going to, what were we going to look at? Um, PayPal. <laughs> PayPal. Uh, but I know yeah. also, I, I can't remember if it was this Monday or the previous Monday, uh, on on market structure Mondays, you pointed out Tesla as a stock that was showing uh, still increasing demand even after the price had gone up so much. So I thought that's really yep. interesting because like a lot of conventional wisdom would say like, oh, the stock's already been up twenty percent over the last month or so. Like, well, I missed the move. It's not time to buy. But yep. with 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 your data, it's showing that doesn't matter. The demand is still rising and supply is either flat or decreasing, showing that the price could still be primed to move higher. Exactly. And it's a core market structure concept. Price is not a metric. Price is a consequence. Price and volume are consequences of what's creating them. So if we're, if we're trying to measure a consequence rather than the cause, we get caught. That's the trouble with price. Remember that if you're a rational human being buying or selling Tesla, you may say, well, it went up 20%. I mean, it can't, it can't keep going up. Well, you're saying that that 20% matters. What if that's not what you're doing? What if you're running a tech fund and you have massive inflows and you're following an allocation model that requires you to put 15% of it into Tesla? You don't care what the price is because what guides your decision is the model, not the price. That's something to keep in mind. Price is, price is relative. It is relative to what it was and the relative to the price of something else. But it's not a great measure of, of, uh, of when to come and go in a market that is almost wholly driven by relative value. Only 9% of trading volume comes from rational thought. People saying, this is what I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay 25 times earnings for this stock. Well, 91% of the money in the market doesn't even consider that. Well, then which thing's going to trump? The 91% will trump the 9% nine out of 10 times mathematically. So it's just stuff you have to think about. But what will save you from all that is recognizing that no matter what purpose or time horizon it is, it all affects supply and demand. So let's just measure supply and demand. Then we don't have to worry about all that other stuff. And yeah, I said Tesla was great. Shop was great. Asana was great. Um, Martin Marietta Materials. You know, in the industrial, I look at supply and demand. Well, that's a good stock to be in. It's been a good stock to be in. All those things, it doesn't really matter what it is so long as you're going where the money's going. We just want to follow the money. So uh, PayPal, you know, here PayPal is apparently buying Pinterest makes no sense to me, <laughs> but I don't care, right? What matters is really supply and demand. And so looking at PayPal, you would know ahead of this news, while the supply side is falling, the trend is down, uh, that suppose it had been something that made more sense to rational people. 
uh, maybe it, had, it would have worked out. But look at the, the demand side. It's been spending more time below five than above it. Well, that's not great. If you have the weak demand, price is going to decline. And then price fell here. So, uh, and even though demand ticked up uh, just right there, uh, we already know that the supply side also moved. So if the supply and demand sides move the same, what will price do? Well, it, it will stay the same or fall. And that's what's happened. And so the, all of that fits perfectly together, right? Rational people would say, why is PayPal buying Pinterest? And we would stop what we're doing. Well, the absence of our demand, even if it's just 9% as rational people, is enough that against a rising supply, the price is going to come down. So what do you do with PayPal? I would say stay clear of it for now. It's not a good place to be until there's a better supply-demand equation there. Um, all right. Tim Quast from Market Structure Edge. Link is in the chat. Uh, you can sign up for a free trial if you have not already. Let them know you came from Benzinga. Um, you know, ever since I got introduced to this methodology, it's been one of my favorite ways to check, you know, how, how stocks are moving, like, or, or, or how can they move based on, uh, you know, supply and demand? Cause it's like prices of anything else out there. You know, earlier we saw lumber prices skyrocket. Why was that? Because demand was rising while supply was either falling or staying flat. So just like with stocks, uh, same thing there. And again, most traders don't get into the nitty gritty of the supply and demand of stocks. So we always love having Tim on to get some more insight into the market structure, into market sentiment. Tim, enjoy the rest of your Friday and have a great weekend. You too. Let me leave you with one last thought, just a bonus for your for your uh, for the audience here. I want to give you one warning about the broad market. So we watched that whole concept over the broad market. Peaking demand proceeds most times. It's not perfect falling prices. And so peaking demand has returned again. Beware of that. I'm not saying that the market's going to decline. I'm saying that the probability is rising, that in the next few days, we may see the market begin to decline again. Just be ready, traders. Good to see you, AB. Always, Tim. All right. Like I said, have a great weekend, and we'll see you, you on Monday. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That was Tim Kloss from Market Structure Edge. Link is in the description. I think Happy posted it in the chat as well. Um, like I said, you get a two-week free trial, so no reason not to go over there and check it out. Um, all right, let's see what everyone wants to see. DWAC, what's it doing? 112. We got 112. Let me get down to like a five-minute chart because we can't see much on the daily. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like this part right here 118 120 maybe might be some resistance we'll see if we can break through that uh we do have a little surprise coming in here in the next couple of minutes hopefully hopefully we have a little surprise coming um let me know in the chat if anyone's watching anything outside of dwac and fun Um, easy Mike saying funds making another move. I did just, uh, I just asked Randall Crowder, the COO of fun. If he wants to hop on with us, give some quotes, but we'll, we'll see. All right. Funware making another move dropped all the way down to five sixty after being up at around 24 bucks. Now it's back at $11. Let me know if you're in Funware. I showed my trade with it earlier. I bought this stock back in like January or February, ended up selling it. Wish I hadn't, um, but it is what it is. I traded, I, I sold it for a profit. So um, CRTD, this is one we were watching earlier. 
Oh, and someone in the chat asked, what's the connection between DWAC and Funware? Um, Funware made the, uh, here it is. How is fun tied to DWAC? So Funware made the app for Trump's presidential campaign. I think back in 2016, maybe the re-election campaign in 2020, not sure. Uh, but there is a Trump tie to Funware. I don't know if that's why it's running with it or if it's maybe just like, oh, these are both um, you know, low float stocks or whatever. All right, here's the surprise. We've got some live F1 action brought to you by Money yeah. Mitch. I don't think Money Mitch can hear me, but he's- What's going on, guys? What is up, Money yeah. Mitch? What's coming around? We're in practice right now, so. That's the first part. Who's that? Oh, that was Hamilton. Ripping. All right, guys. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna enjoy it. You guys should be here, Austin, baby. Austin, 2021. Woo! Mitch is down there in Austin, Texas. Let us know. Are you are you watching Formula One this weekend? I think you can trade Formula One. Uh, there's a stock you can trade. I always forget what it's called. Um, all right, y'all. That'll be the show for today. Stick around. We've got an all-access event coming up. Some cool companies going to be presenting. If you want to hang out, this stream will automatically redirect you. Um, Spencer will be manning the ship over there. Uh, we've got, so you know, we've got, let's see. We've got Petros Pharmaceuticals, ticker PTPI. We've got Reserve Logic, ticker RVXCF. So some interesting companies. You will be able to ask questions in the chat. You'll get all access to these executives to these companies. You will not find that anywhere else on YouTube. With that, I'm going to leave y'all. Have a great weekend. Smash the like, subscribe if you have not already, and I will see y'all back on Monday. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. 
An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.